when you look at it from that. But again, it's not our money and not our reality. We don't bring it in, I guess, would make the way you look at it. And again, still, this fascination with KD versus the Warriors and if he got the championship right or if it matters or not, it's nuts to me, but it's still, a, I guess, a hot topic. Andre Snelling on uh, J. Will, Keyshawn, and Max this morning, and they were talking about it, and I heard him when I was driving to the gym about this. And, you know, he's a he's an NBA writer, and, you know, the, Kellerman is just, he's heck bent on this, that the championships without KD didn't count for some reason for Steph Curry because the Cavs were hurt, had, you know, had injuries in the finals to their best players and things of that nature, so... He says the only ones that were legit was when KD was there. Uh, anyway, here you go. I personally am not a ring counter. I don't look at rings and say, oh, this changes how I, how I think this player performed. Mm. I thought Durant was the same player in Oklahoma City as he was in Golden State as he is in Brooklyn. I, I, I'm confident that I can see and I can evaluate what he is. But for these conversations and for the conversations he wants to have and the narrative he wants to have for his career – yeah, especially after the Warriors won this season, um, people are going to look at KD differently until, unless and until he shows he can do it without the Warriors team. The other thing that's interesting is everyone's so interested to try to kind of place where Steph Curry sort of is. Top 10, top 5, best shooter, best three-point shooter. Is he better than, than this player or that player? Baron Davis, you remember him, BD, old New Orleans Hornets. Had this to say this morning. Pioneer-wise. He's changed the entire landscape of how basketball is perceived, how it's played, and who can play it. Now, he's been kicking butt mm-hmm. <laughs> for the last eight years. And so how can he not with four championships, two MVPs, finals MVP? You know what I mean? Like, we're talking about cementing himself, you know, next to magic. In that slot, you know what I mean? Where it's like yeah. when you start talking about the greatest point guards to ever play the game, you don't even mention Magic. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Everybody want to play with Magic, right? And I think Steph Curry is right there, right? And Steph Curry is the Magic to our era. Wow. Steph Curry is the showtime to this modern-day generation. And it's him and not until somebody comes and changes the game. What do you look at it? From that perspective, 800-998-1003, if you'd like to chime in on that here as well as we continue to talk about that. I just, I kind of wonder if, you know, again, he changing the game, I guess, is one of the phrases I always tend to use when it comes to greats or players that should be looked at in a different light than others. And when you think about it, it's true. I mean, how many times, I'm not saying that I have, Jordan no doubt has done the old I didn't really shoot shot you know like where the arms don't extend like the old traditional jump with the hand out extending with the hand and you know like like Steph sometimes just catches just throws it up real quick starts running back legitimately how many of y'all just like probably with Ole Buckham Jr. when he made the one-handed catch how many of us were trying to do like one-handed catches on everything warm-ups and everything I, I remember to this day doing a two-lane game and watching the two-lane receivers, I remember Todd went bananas. I think it was his last year. Or it was a year or two before it was his last year as a two-lane football play-by-play. And and two-lane had a problem 
Like they've had at times where their receivers couldn't catch. And, and here we are. Pre-game warm-ups. And, you know, Todd's in my ear. I'm down there watching it. He's like, look at these guys. They're, they're practicing one-handed catches. They can't catch the ball in a regular, you know, during a regular time in, in the game with two ways. And it's true, but, but we saw that and people want, kind of wanted to do it. And, I just think of how many videos I've seen on the internet of people trying to do Steph Curry-like threes, just walking in and practicing half-court shots, practicing 35-foot threes, practicing catch-and-shooting threes, and then turning around and running before the ball hits the rim. I know Jordan absolutely has done that. There is no doubt in my mind that that has happened for sure. I don't know. Um, but Andre Snelling was, was bringing up something because again, Max Kellerman was saying that KD was the value of this. And I do think there's something to what Charles Barkley said last Friday and he's gotten almost a week's worth of play on it. And KD's gone back and forth on Twitter over and over the weekend about that he needs to win a championship, quote unquote, as the bus driver and things of that nature for him to have a certain level of respect. It, you know, there, there's respect. There's a level for his game. But then there's level of, okay, he was the guy that everyone followed. Like, this year, you saw Steph Curry in the finals. Does that make sense? Like, Steph Curry led the way for that team to win the finals. His play, average 30 points a game, things of that nature. And, and Snelling kind of clapped back at Max this morning and said, Hey, look, I, I know you keep saying that KD was the reason those teams won the finals in the championships, but here you go. The top player in the NBA in 2016 and 17, which was the year before and the year of Durant, was Steph Curry. Um, you know, Kevin Durant has only been in the top five in real plus minus three times in his entire career, you know, and, and that's including every stop he's made because he's an excellent finisher. He might be the greatest scorer that this game has ever seen. But when it comes to changing the way his offense and or his defense performs, he doesn't have the same level of impact on his team's offense that Steph Curry does. Because Steph Curry is not just scoring and, and, you know, putting up points. He's changing the way opposing defenses have to guard their whole team. Hmm. So, again, I find that interesting. That the analytics, the statistics show that. And I just think sometimes people look at it and go, hey, you know, he, he was the, the catalyst of the reason for it. He played really good, right, in those finals and everything. So, I don't know. I, I think a lot of times it's just we got to try to find something to do, something to talk about, I guess, as to why this happens. Does it matter? I guess some people it does. And look, again, I said this right after the finals. You saw the emotion um, on Steph Curry afterwards, and he talked about it afterwards. He said it in the press conferences. He said it at the, you know, the parade in San Francisco a couple days ago earlier this week. It's like he he he's, he hears everybody, you know. They took receipts, as the kids say, and all that stuff. So I don't know, man. Um, to me. I mean, you can be a great, you can be good and all those different things. And it just, but it does, I guess, affect you. And I guess when you see it on Twitter every day and every talk show host, I mean, we played it. We, we thought it was kind of ridiculous, right? I mean, Kellerman's been on this, this high horse for two and a half weeks 
that Steph Curry hasn't been the best player on the court in the finals, so he, he's not good or great because he's failed to be the best player on the court and all this stuff. I mean, it's just, all right, you know, but it, he did it. Uh, I just saw this get put in here as well, so I want to play it, and it's Woj on the options for Kyrie. Again, when you look at the money that he can make, I, I don't know. What is the market? Like, I, I know I've asked this before where there was with LeBron to the time, even with the Pels. And I thought it was interesting that most Pels fans came back with no thank you at this point. Because, again, the cost, the trade, the money, what it would cost to do all that. But here's Woj John Kyrie and, and the realistic options for him and the Nets. There's a couple different options for Kyrie Irving uh, when it comes to his player option. He can opt in and extend for a year or two years or uh, come to an agreement with the Nets. He could also opt out and, of course, become a free agent, but also uh, turn that $36 million option into a new deal that could start at as much as $42 million with the Nets. And so those are the conversations uh, that, that'll that have to happen. But for Brooklyn right now, they're really navigating two fronts. One is trying to stay disciplined in their mind on a Kyrie Irving extension. Clearly, Brooklyn has been hesitant to do a long-term deal with Irving, but they also run the risk of alienating Kevin Durant and perhaps unfastening him uh, from his commitment to wanting to be in Brooklyn if Kyrie Irving were to leave. In a perfect world, the Nets find a way to do a deal that still gives them some leverage to get Kyrie Irving uh, on the court next season. Uh, but certainly, if he's willing to take significantly less money, he could walk. He could sign perhaps that $6 million uh, exemption with the Lakers. Hmm. <laughs> that's a big that's a big drop. Six million dollars to thirty something to forty they can get from the Nets and power control. It's it's a you, you better really like LeBron if that's the case. Right? Hey. Quick break, buddy. Scott just texted me that Scott Prather is free, so we will go to him. Give him a buzz during the break, and we'll talk to him as he is free of his meeting. It's the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. Plus, we're ready to deal on every vehicle in stock or online too at GregLeBlancToyota.com. Remember, we have the all-new Toyota Tundra, totally redesigned and ready for your summer plans. The kids are out of school and you've got vacation plans. It's the perfect time for something new. And we want your trade and we're paying top dollar. Greg's got the deal. South Hollywood Road in Homa. Greg, 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 Greg LeBlanc Toyota in Homa has got your summer deals. Delivery trucks rush all over town and sometimes cause king-size accidents. The King Firm has trial attorneys experienced at handling crashes involving delivery trucks. They can help fight for your medical bills, lost wages, and pain and suffering. Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the King. If you've been injured in a delivery truck accident, ring the King at 909-KING. 
FanDuel Sportsbook is here to help you make every moment more for all your favorite sports and all your favorite teams. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code PLAY, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app now and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania. Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RD in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT-STEP to 53342 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Twitter, ESPN Lafayette. We're on 1420 AM. Fresh out of a meeting. He's a very important guy in Acadiana. Sir, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm sorry I'm a little late, no, and I'm glad to be out of a, of a room with just uh, – <laughs> I'm just I'm just glad to be on with you, Gus. It's good to be here. Yeah. I hear you. Meetings are meetings. Well, sometimes you got to have them, though. Um, Scott, appreciate the time, so we'll quickly get into it, dude. Uh, I, it's one of our questions of the day, and it's based off of the photo we saw last night. Apparently, I don't know how it came to be. Was he driving by? Does he know somebody? Does he know one of the kids? I don't know. But Zion hooped it up with some kids. I don't know what they, they did. Did they play 21, play pig? I don't know. Still cool to see him at a New Orleans playground, literally playing basketball. And it caught me, got me thinking – to who I would want to, by chance, happen to play twenty-one with or something, Kobe popped in my head. So give me, give me two things. What do you think of that photo and, and seeing that? And who would you like to play a little pickup with? Uh, first of all, I love it. I do. I love it. Um, you know, think about like I'm glad you brought the question of like who would you? I try to go back to like my childhood, right? Um, and how much, how cool that must have been for those kids. You know, you just playing pickup ball as a kid. You would dream about just someone that you look up to just suddenly showing up and playing with you. It's just not normal. It doesn't happen. Um, and it's not like that was like a publicist team of Zion putting that out there. You know what I mean? He, he, he just, I was a, I was a kid's mom that put that out there. And, uh, and by the way, Zion's looking, looking like he's in great shape. You know, when I was young, I, I love Stockton Malone, but, you know, Stockton um, is kind of a little crazy now, so it kind of changes things. So asking me as an adult, I I would probably go in a different direction. Uh, I I loved Mitch Richmond when I was young. I know that's not, you know, the most popular name out there. But, you know, if I mean, if you could hoop it up with, like, MJ in his prime, even though the Bulls weren't my team, and that would be that would be incredible. Um you know, that's it, it, an obvious answer to go to, but right. that would be amazing. I mean, I, I don't know how you could you could have a wrong answer just saying Michael Jordan, you know, the greatest of all time. Of right. But then again, if you're a kid, he's probably just going to dunk it on you and make you feel <laughs> bad about yourself. Well, that's why, that's, see, I was going to start with MJ, and that's why, Scott, I went to Kobe. And because, and again, I don't know why, just I'm talking about it with Jordan. And then I said, hey, who would you want to play with? And then that popped in my head. And then what popped in my head was the practice video. You remember when he came back from his Achilles? 
and the Lakers are mm-hmm. bad. And, yeah. and he walked into practice. He's like, I mean, it was like a scene out of some sort of like military movie. And he was like the, the drill sergeant. I mean, he mother bleeped everybody. He threw a basketball at someone. And didn't he get in a fight? I mean, like seriously, like that first practice back, he went bananas. And I just think like in a game like that, I mean, one of the famous memes on Twitter during basketball season is Hugh Soft, right? With him shaking his head. Like, I just think the taking of my manhood by the way it would beat me on that court, he somehow would make it entertaining. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell stories, would kind of dribble, would be smiling at me. There's just something about him, I think, that – and it, look, it's a reason his his death resonated with so many people. People – viewed him in a certain way man he just he was captivating he was charismatic i i think it'd be it'd be fun to lose 21 nothing to kobe bryant yeah i mean why not he would he would he would destroy you and talk trash and then you know give you some some wisdom <laughs> um right, that, that, right. Kobe, kobe's not a bad one at all you know someone else that talking italian to me during the crossover <laughs> talking italian to me now now you sound like you just Gus, this is getting weird all of a sudden, but okay. George said um, the same thing. I think, so when I was young, another guy that I loved watching, when Chris Jackson was at LSU, and like Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, he's 53 now, but he was playing in the big three like a year or two ago. If Talk about wisdom and a guy that was ahead of his time in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, he was so, he was. I mean, you talk about NBA players and college players. Mm-hmm. As far as college players go, he's one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. And for me, if, you know, when I was like nine, it's, I'd just been shooting, and Chris Jackson rolled up, you know, number thirty-five LSU. Uh, it would have it would have blown my mind. It would have been incredible. Uh, you know, Mahmoud Abdul-Rauf, he actually might be number one on my list, and I, I certainly get Kobe and MJ, and and Zion would be you know, fun now, especially if you're a young kid. But right. going back to, like, when I was young, I think I think that's I think that's my answer. I think it's my mode of doing roof, honestly. Dude, I, I, I say this often. And, again, everybody does their own decisions and stuff, man. But that, that guy's career, I mean, he could have been one of the greatest to have ever played, right? One, shape, one way, shape, or form, man. And, um, man, he, he was one of the best to, that I've seen. To, to you said, like, his ball skills, his handling, um, demeanor, it was incredible. It really honestly was. And he was kind of tailor-made for more of today's game oh, and yeah. how it's played. You know, yeah. he was ahead of his time, and he got blackballed by the league. He did. Um, and, and he had an incredible career overseas in the 2000s. And he was he was good in the pros, you know, but he was, you know, he wasn't, um, I think, his most improved player in 93, yeah. you know. But he just, he was ahead of his time on the court and in some ways off of it and watching him play in college. It was, it was, incredible. there's a reason his jersey's retired and hanging out in the feedback. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm glad that all that came to be for LSU at Scott mimic is the way to follow Scott over on Twitter. Scott, I made a big deal out of it. Some people may not think it is. I, I to me, it is the, do you get a chance and you've been in meetings? So I don't know. Do you get a chance to even read the release of the House Intel Committee or whatever that they deal with the Dan Snyder thing. And to I, me, I how that makes me, yeah. you have it. So it'll take a little longer than a few minutes. I'll, I'll try to summarize it here <laughs> in about 10 seconds. No, it's fine. Essentially this. So Dan Snyder conducted his own shadow investigation 
a dossier of about 100 different people, the NFL attorney part of him, his employees, Washington Post journalists digging up dirt. He somehow got some other overseas court to subpoena their emails, text messages, you name it, to dig dirt, and had some sort of, as they call it, common interest agreement between he and the NFL to attempt to steer the direction of the investigation. So he worked closely with Goodell and the NFL to find out what's going on. This has been an eight-month investigation by this committee, and they found stuff in his 29-page, 600-page of, of documentation and uh, depositions. I mean, it looks terrible. And like to think, and it's like I was sitting there going, you know, if I'm the Saints and I keep reading this, I want my draft picks back for Bounty because I don't think that was legit now. To t- I mean, it's clearly favoritism between organizations. And secondly, they took a draft pick and fined the team for dancing in their own locker room during COVID stuff, and they didn't find the commanders for any of the stuff that was reported in the 29 pages. Like, it's really incredulous. Well, owners, they own the league. They play by a different set of rules. I mean, I, I guess I'm reading it now. Goodell said, I don't have the authority to remove him. Um, he doesn't. You know, you're going to need three quarters of a majority vote over of fellow owners to force another owner out. And, you know, if I would, I would think that 24 out of 32 would look at Dan Snyder and be like, I don't, you're, I don't like you at all. But a lot of these owners are a community. Some of them may also have other skeletons in the closet that they don't want to come out. I'm just speculating. I don't know for certain, but. It's just a reminder, and, and you know, the NFLPA, uh, at some point, Deshaun Watson's going to get slammed with a long suspension, and he should, but they're going to argue, well, what about the, the hypocrisy here with owners? That's what the NFLPA is going to do, and they're going to just shine an even brighter light on all of this stuff, uh, which is, is what they're supposed to do. So, I, I you know, I, I don't know if Snyder would ever be out as owner. I know every single Washington Commanders fan in the world desperately wants that to happen. They can't stand the guy. I don't know that there's a single – it's hard to find someone less like than Roger Goodell right. in the sports world, in the NFL world, and somehow Dan Snyder might actually have surpassed him at this point, which is, <laughs> which is wild to say. But that's how, that's how despised this guy is, not yeah. just by his own fan base, right. but by everyone. And yeah. it, no, it, I agree. It's despicable, but the owners play by a different set of rules, man. They just do. It is kind of crazy when you think of it from that perspective. So we'll see what takes place with that. Uh, Scott got two minutes left here in the segment. What do the Pelicans do tomorrow? What would you like them to do? Well, I, I would love them to get a best case scenario, best case realistic scenario. You get a, a rotational player with the eighth pick. Um, is it Dyson Daniels? Is it, uh, you know, Benedict out of, out of Arizona? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of talk of, well, they might move back and, and take, you know, dang of the, the New Zealand breakers at 11 or 12. And, you know, okay, if that's a guy they have high on their board, that's fine. If they trade back and they get future draft assets or something, because I think the way this roster is structured right now, and there's, they're looking for a trade partner for, for Devontae Graham. You know, you're, you're going to offer Zion the max. It's about to get really expensive. The best thing you can get in this draft is a, is a player that is on a rookie deal that's in the rotation. Not day one, all right? I think that's a lot to ask when you're not taking, you know, number one overall. But a guy that's going to be in the rotation at maybe the midway point of the season, later in the season, and, and can stick around for a while and can mm-hmm. give you great quality minutes on a rookie deal. Is that... Is that Daniels? Is that Sharp? Is that Mathurin? I, I, 
I don't know, Gus. I don't know. Like I, I'm not. I haven't like fallen head over heels with a single player like some guys have. Right. But you asked me, what do I want him to do? I want him to find a rotational player that's going to play on you know yeah. four years on a rookie deal and be a difference maker. You, you you hit a grand slam last year with your rookies. Can you hit a home run this year? Right. Can you hit a triple? If you do, then you're going to be in great shape. Yeah, I think I I would just summarize it like this for me. Just treat treat it with respect. You know, like I, I don't sell it for cash. Don't go. I mean, like get something right. that you right. can use. Cash um, consideration. Yeah. <laughs> no, now the you, second you, round you, pick you, might be different. Yeah, second round sure. picks, forty-one and fifty-two. I'd suggest that that's probably at best Birmingham. You know, but you never know. Look, here's here's what I look at, man. If you would have treated that, then you don't get hurt. So you, you're you're promised three picks. Make the most of them, one way, shape, or form. Yeah, you have all these draft assets. Utilize them. Don't waste them. Especially yep. this is a this is a crucial off season. It's not going to be one filled with a ton of moves, but that's a good thing because you're yeah. close. You, you a, a few moves here or there can make you know it can mean the difference in winning a playoff series or, or bouncing you know getting bounced in the first round. It's it's I think I think it's really important. I'm with you. You can't just you can't look at this as well. Maybe we'll keep it. Maybe we won't. I, I think they have a plan going in. You know, if their players are off the board, they're going to trade back. I agree. Any of them are still there, they're going to take their guys. Yep. They know what they're doing. Scott, just like you as well. Thank you for your time on a busy Wednesday, sir. Enjoy the draft, and I will talk to you on your show on Friday. Can't wait, Gus. Appreciate it, brother. Sounds good as always. Hour two is in the books. Hour three next on ESPN New Orleans. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway.